Can you show some love to Bishop Hurd, everybody? And Pastor Jerry Hurd, Andrew, God bless you. To all the leadership of this great church and, of course, to all our online viewers watching from around the world. Thank you so much for being in this service today. And can we show some love to a phenomenal team? Amen. And of course, the singers that uh, brought us into the presence of the Lord. Bishop, it's good to see you. God bless you. Thank you for having us today. Uh, Before I present to you, I just wanted to uh, offer a handful of prayers for what's happening in Israel and Palestine, the Ukraine, the Rohingya people. There's a war going on in Mali, uh, Somalia, Sudan. They don't even make sense. And so I, I learned something at the beginning of the year. Chich and I get up at four in the morning for prayers, and my office hours start at five. It makes it easier because of uh, uh, transportation and traffic. It's not that I'm an early person. It just makes sense. And so um, we generally cover prayers for a host of people and issues but this is something that is really on our heart. It's really, really concerning. It's really concerning. And there are many, many born-again believers that are on the receiving end in all those wars. There are some of our churches for Jabula in Pakistan that have been burned down for their faith. And so I learned something at the beginning of the Lord. The Lord said to me, don't ask for peace. I said, don't ask for peace. He said, every time you ask for peace, there has to be a war so that peace can be given. He said, thank me for peace. Thank me for peace. So whether it's semantics or not, it helped me with my perspective. So let's just thank God for peace. Choose a region and let's just thank God for peace. Father, we thank you for peace in the Middle East. We thank you for peace in the Ukraine. We thank you for peace in Burma, Myanmar. We thank you for peace in what's happening in Central America, in Africa. Let the Prince of Peace rule. Father of Peace, send your guiding hand of peace. We pray, God, that suffering would be abated for all those that are held hostage. We pray, God, that you'd be comfort to them, comfort and peace to them. This we ask in Jesus' name as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We know that we will prosper. Not that we desire prosperity. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Peace in Jerusalem in Jesus' name. Turn to three people and say, I give you my peace. Please be seated if you can. I'd like to turn your attention to Psalm 122, verse 1, Matthew 21, verse 3, and Luke 14, verse 22. And uh, I'm traveling with my son, Dreen. And uh, Dreen, thank you for coming with me. God bless. And all our guys watching in Harare. 
God bless you. Verse 1, Psalm 1, 2, 2. I was glad when they said unto me, I was glad when they said unto me, So going to the house of the Lord is not a me thing, it's an us thing. We, we've got to magnify the Lord together. Amen? Don't come by yourself. Bring somebody. Yeah. Don't come by yourself. Bring somebody. And if you brought somebody, please make sure you take them home. Verse 13 of Matthew 21. Matthew 13, Matthew 21, verse 13. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. And Matthew, uh, Luke, verse 14, 22. And the servant said, Lord, I've gone everywhere, the places you've command me, and yet there's still room in this house. And the Lord said to the servant, go out into the highways and to the hedges and force them, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. I say to you, none of those which were bidden to come to this supper shall taste of it. For a few minutes here this morning, the subject is, my house is full. My house is full. I grew up, uh, Bernie and I grew up, and I don't think we ever had to sleep on our own because we always slept with one of our siblings. And uh, when I left home, I went to the military for a short while and had my own bed for a short while. But then for the last 43 years, I've been sharing a bed. (laughs) And so uh, home was where my dad made it. Because he worked on the railways, and most times they were laying new track into places there were no railway lines. And I can remember as a boy seeing elephants and wild animals, a lion or two. I caught my very first fish in the Lundi River in the middle of the bush somewhere. And so my mom was a phenomenal homekeeper. Even though it was very simple, made of uh, zinc. What do you call zinc here? Zinc, Zinc sheets with wooden floors, a zinc roof that they could put up literally in 10 minutes and they'd have one room for the boys. There were five boys, one room for the girls, five girls, one room for my mom and dad, and then an entertainment area. And then my mom would cook on what they called a wood stove. And one of my responsibilities was to chop wood. But I always remember, always remember that even though they weren't very many furnishings that many of you can attest to. And also I remember that our toilet was a hole quite away from the house, some outhouse somewhere. And even though I remember that there was no running water, we had to uh, sort of uh, bring water in a well barrel, in a wheelbarrow, to fill those tanks. 
I'll never forget, the house was never empty. There was always that good smell of good curry and rice, oxtail, warm bread made from a wood stove, some naan bread or roti samosas, and donuts. And even though the furnishings were very uh, scant, the house was always full of love. Full of love. And even though my sister Bernie, who's on my left here, was taller than all of us, my mother always said, you boys mustn't hit the girls, because if you hit the girls, one day you're going to hit your wife. And so I'd hold my hand and say, you lucky you're a girl, you lucky you're a girl. <laughs> and uh, even though there'd be inner squabblings, just sibling rivalries, the house was always filled with love. And we went to a boarding school where we'd be away from home for almost just under nine months of the year. And uh, we had no idea what was happening in the home while we weren't home. But just about everything was in its place because the house, according to my mom and dad's pocket, was always filled. And so we learned how to pray as the years went by and became Christians. And so the older you become and the more mature you should become, it is here that you should learn that your life is extremely valuable. Don't throw it away. As a young man, well, he's, he's my age, he's, he's, I'd say he's about a year, we're a year apart, and he's thrown his life away. I see him every Sunday, he asks me for some food and stuff, and there's a standing order for him. He, he gets what he needs. And he said to me, he said to me, Tudor, I've thrown my life away. I've been in jail over eight times. I've had so many problems, you know. I said, well, maybe God can restore your life. And he said, he's not likely. I said, well, we can pray a number of prayers where God can start a reconstruction program for your life. I said, for example, God can give you uh, a woman that can help restore your life, that will love you and take care of you. He said, because there's nobody that loves me except a few people here at church. And he said, even at church, when people see me coming, they think I want money. They think I want some stuff, and sometimes I do. He said, and you have no idea how I feel when I see people scatter and run away from me. And so I began to pray for him uh, using his name. I said, I pray that your house will be full. Amen. And so if you are a giver, and you ought to be, you ought to give a little love. If you are a giver, you ought to give a little kindness. I said, if you are a giver, you ought to give a little care. I'm not sure what's happening in the world today, but if you are a giver, you, you, you ought to give some respect. Give some honor. Come on, somebody. Uh, let's go back to some good years of good old chivalry. It, it's still good manners to let a lady go 
into a door before you do, brothers. Open the door for a lady. Now, if there's one, if the, if there's one pie left, I'm not so sure about the ladies. <laughs> I think you get my point. If you are a giver, make sure you give God His due. Don't come to church and sleep. Don't come to church and be at Six Flags. Don't come to church and be at the Republican rally. Be at church and be at church. Give God your whole heart while you're here. Give Him your whole emotion while you're here. Give Him your whole mind while you're here. Give Him your whole soul while you're here. Beltway 8 will be waiting for you. Walmart, Target, Ross's, they'll all be waiting for you. All you have, we've got 21 minutes left. All you have is 28 minutes left to give God some of your whole. I need a praise up in this place. And so it is important that as human beings, we take after our Heavenly Father, who is a giver. God is a giver. And he built into the system that whatsoever you give, it comes back to you. And, and that law was presented to the human family as an incentive to do good. Because nobody wants bad stuff to come. But Paul said, 6, 9 Galatians, whatsoever a person sows, that also shall they reap. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. With the intent that giving good is an incentive for you to get good. I need about 500 men to clap your hands right there. Come on, my brother, clap your hands. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. And so, the law of giving is a fixed law. It's a fixed law. And so, uh, I want to read an Irish proverb and poem. This is for you, whoever you are. May the road rise up and meet you. May the wind be always in your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields until we meet again. And so we wish you well. We wish you life. We wish you kind. In Dolly Parton's song, I Will Always Love You, she writes a lyric there, May, may life be kind to you. May life treat you well. May you find a niche and a group of people that are into you, not what they can get from you, but what they can add to you. May you be a member of Inspire that is a giver and not a taker, one that is a contributor, not a user, one that is an edifier, not a complainer. Amen. And so what I'm trying to do is not just preach filial, which is brotherly love. I'm trying to preach a whole house that is filled with all good things. Because the person sitting next to you has been through hell this week. 
And so there's areas of their lives that you can help fill their house. There might be someone here who doesn't have enough money for food. I'm sure a little secret may have been whispered to somebody else that you can fill their house with some good things. Fill their empty car with some fuel. Fill their empty life with an education scholarship or two. I think you're tracking with me right here. And so the one of the ways, here are ways in which you can fill your house. Quickly through a litany of ideas. The first one, of course, is give or sow. I will never, ever in my life run out of money. I will never have lack in my life outside of God's uh, providential will. The reason for that, I learned a principle in 1978. If you sow every day, you reap every day. So every day, every day, here it comes. Because I've done it, here it comes. Amen. My house is always full. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number two, always fill your house with vision. Every day is an opportunity for vision. We're now in the month of October. It's October, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the month of October. This is generally the month we start putting together our vision for 2024 and beyond. Dreen, our CEO, hosted a vision retreat where our executive team went away for a few days to craft our vision, 2024, 2025, all the way to the year 2030, so that we can keep our house full of things that need to be done, as opposed to things that we want to be done. And so vision is important. Vision is punctilious. That means it is multi-layered. It's not linear. If you just have vision, which is straight for food, that's not a vision. Vision is a gift. I pray that God would gift you with vision. Vision is a life giver. I pray that God would give life as you clear your head for your future. Anybody here just got married? Just got married? Anybody just got married? Where's all the married folks? All right, they must all be on honeymoon. Uh, Vision is a foundational pillar for life. If you don't have a vision, your life cannot stand. Vision is a spirit. Vision is the future. Vision is an anointing. Vision is a discipline. Vision is a discipline. Vision is a vehicle. Vision is a lifestyle, it's a culture, it's a behavior, it's a skill. Vision is a craft. Vision is a weapon. Vision is a power. Vision is a driving force, it's a transforming agent. Vision functions in and on levels. And so in our household there's Tudor and there's Chichi. I have a vision, she has a vision. Corporately we have a vision. We have a vision for our church. She has a vision for our business. And so in one house, you have multi-layers and multi-dimensions of visions that are not opposed to each other, but complement each other so that the house 
can be full. Shout full my house. Shout full my house. And so all of these things then constitute hard work. You don't deserve to eat if you don't work hard. I'm not just talking about manual labor. That's one form of hard work. But, but hard work is essential for your house to be filled. Also, you have to understand the laws of plenty. If you are anticipating God to fill your house, it seems to me you'd better make some space. Your problem is you have a space problem. If you look at God's way, in the beginning God created the heavens, which is space. So I'm, I'm watching Bishop building an extension here, and the first thing in my head is, there's going to be no space. And that's not just no space because of a lot of people, but churches don't build for storage. We don't build enough storage space. So the first thing you do is space. You need space for your blessing. Do you have a bottle of water? May I have your bottle of water? I'm not going to drink it. Don't worry. If this man is going to have an overflow in this bottle, it's not going to take much for overflow. But if we're going to fill this building with water, we're going to need 10 million bottles of these to fill the building. And so your first responsibility, if you're expecting revival, if you're expecting miracles, if you're expecting anointing, if you're expecting people, we'd better make some space. If you're believing God for a second car, you'd better make sure you got some space. If you're expecting God for some Louis Vuitton stuff, you better expect some space. If you're wanting three or four uh, Brazilian, I had the wrong example. If you're expecting God to do some special stuff for you, you'd better get some space. Clap your hands for space. And so you have to understand the laws of plenty. Plenty is on the way. God's blessing always fills houses. Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 10. It says in verse 10, And it shall be, when the Lord your God shall have brought you into a land which he swear unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities that you didn't build, houses full, full of all good things that you didn't fill, wells that are full of water that you didn't dig, vineyards whose branches are full of grapes, that you didn't plant. Olive trees that are hanging full of olives that you didn't plant. When, when you have eaten and you are in full, don't forget the Lord. God's plan for your life is to have a full life. I said God's plan for your family is to have a full family experience. God doesn't expect you to get married and on your honeymoon, you start a journey of war and rumors of war. Where in the morning you're fighting and in the evening you're fighting and every day you're fighting. I come against all kinds of fighting and domestic challenges and rubbish, rubbish going on that might be in this place. 
Some of you have sons and daughters that are not in church. And they had a ruckus night last night and a horrible Friday night because the war is going on in that house. The devil is a liar. We send peace to that house. We come against drug addictions in those families. We come against all kinds of challenges those kids are fighting. Fill that house, God, with my worship. Give someone a high five and say, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Pray for those kids. Pray for that family. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for third and fifth ward. Pray for Houston. Pray for sin. Pray for the border. Pray for the migrants. There's so much you need to pray for. Pray that this church will be full. Pray that your wisdom would be complete. Give someone a high five and say pray. Shout three times, I am full. First Kings 8 verse 11. So that the priest could not stand and minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. If God is going to have a house, he might as well fill the house. And the Bible says the priest couldn't minister because the big G filled the house. Oh Lord my God, fill this house this morning with your glory. Oh Lord my God, fill this house with your smoke. Oh Lord my God, fill this house with your anointing. Lord my God, fill this house with your healing power. Tell someone you're about to be healed. Tell another you're about to be filled. Tell another one you're about to be lifted. The devil is a liar. I'm expecting this place to be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Fill me, oh God. Isaiah chapter number 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Fill this temple, O God. Fill the temple with angels. Fill this temple, O God. Fill it with your holy smoke. Fill this temple, O God, with wisdom and revelation. Fill this temple, O God, with victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. I feel victory this morning. 
There's a victory call this morning. God has called for victory for every family here. If you believe in victory, give yourself a high five and shout on full of victory. In John chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Then six days before the Passover came, he came to the city of Bethany where Lazarus had died and whom he had raised from the dead. And they made a certain supper for him there. Mother served and Lazarus was one of them at the table. Then Mary, the youngest of the family, took a pound of precious ointment called Spikenard. It was extremely expensive. And she broke that box and poured the ointment on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of that ointment. Lord God, help me break my soul this morning and let me pour the precious worship from my soul and fill this house as Bishop said with a sweet aroma I would that men everywhere would lift up holy hands in the sacrifice of praise I have come this morning to bring a sacrifice of praise if you knew what I went through this week you wouldn't despise me for raising my hands in a sacrifice of praise you wouldn't begrudge me with a soulish prayer from my spirit as a sweet odor so I can feel inspired fill this house fill my house clap your hands for worship I need two more minutes and then I'm done two more minutes two more minutes let's go to Genesis 36 and verse 6 Genesis 36 and verse 6 and Esau took his wives and he took his sons and he took his daughters and all the persons in that house his cattle his cattle his beasts all his substance that which he got out of the land of Canaan and went into a country from the face of his brothers verse 7 for their riches their riches I said their riches 
were more than they could dwell together. And the land in which they were strangers could not bear them because they had so much together. Here are two boys whose dad ran away from home. All he had was a bottle of oil. Came to the town of Luz. The sun was going down and he took that oil and he poured it on the stones of that place and he made a promise to God. He said, if you keep me in the way I go, I promise when I come back, I'll give one tenth of everything I make. And he made his way to Laban. He worked for 20 years for Laban. Worked for Rachel and got Leah. Worked for Rachel and got Rachel. Worked another six years and got Billa and Zilla. Found him with 11 boys and one daughter. Benjamin was born at Ephrata, close to Bethlehem. But Jacob remembered the promise he made to God. Because in Genesis chapter 30 verse 43, God blessed Jacob beyond his wildest dreams. For 20 years he had nothing but bills. For 20 years he had nothing but debt. For 20 years he had nothing but pain and struggle. For 20 years he had so many domestic challenges. He worked his hands to the bone. But in the 21st year, when he got back to Luz and he began to wrestle with God, your wrestling is over now. You're coming to your own land. Your wrestling is over now. You're coming to your own place. You left empty, but you're coming back full. You left with nothing, but there's plenty in your hand. You left full of fear and trepidation, but God's about to fill you up. Shout, my house is full. Shout, my house is full. I need 300 women. Shout, my house is full. I used to be empty, but my house is full. Everywhere I turn, my house is full. My house is full. Give a woman a high five, say baby girl. Your house is full. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to a full house. We command inspire to be full from the top to the bottom. There's no room left from the top to the bottom. Everybody stand and clap your hands. Everybody's standing. We're embarking on a a very lofty and noble cause. Of course, this church 
is part of that cause, as many of you will be aware for some that might not be. Our medical unit that we got from back then, Christian Tabor, now Inspire, named Trinity, has finally, trust me, it's a long story, finally the government's agreed to license us after decades. And so Trinity will be going out to rural areas, helping kids again, building houses, but we don't want it to go just to advertise that there's some sort of a unit. We want people's lives to be complete. We want to add housing. In that neighborhood, we've put electricity, solar panels, we've put computers in the schools for the kids. And there's so much that we're doing there so that people's houses can be full. Can you believe in the 21st century we still have communities where people are illiterate? You look at what's happening in your southern border where you have thousands of people crossing over just for a better life, a chance at peace, a chance at running water, a chance at a flush toilet. Whatever the politics is, I'm just giving you an example of the kind of dire need there is. And you guys have come to the table so many times. You, you help in Africa, you help in India, you help in South America, and trust me, it goes a very long way. And so Father, we bless every woman and every man that every house will be filled, that needs that are so dire and so desperate that those needs will be met. And most of all, we thank you for great revival and inspire. What you trust this church with, let it, be, let it be accelerated and expanded and increased in volume a thousand times more. We thank you that this house is a house of prayer. This house is a house of praise. This house is a house of people. This house is a house of purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Amen. While you remain standing, two things quickly. At the end of the service, I love to meet our first-time attendees. And those who have been coming a while that I haven't had a chance to meet, I'll be out in the lobby and look forward to meeting you. Uh, let me just mention something about that mobile medical unit. We sent that many, many years ago. It was actually built by the men of this church, and we shipped it overseas. We have supported that mobile medical clinic for years. I will never forget, and that we just take that right out of our church budget. And I want us to receive today a generous love offering. I will never forget... When that mobile medical unit arrived, Bishop told me that there were nights that people would sleep on the ground outside that thing, as many as 1,200 people to get a chance to see a doctor the next day. And I'm talking about in dire circumstances of poverty. You help do that. And I want to thank you. 
If you wonder where your giving goes, we support projects like this and many others around the world, but as Bishop has already mentioned. But now what can we do this morning? You know what? If you want your house to be full, your gift is not going to necessarily fill up someone else's house right now. But it might put something there when they don't have anything. And we can make a difference. And if you want the favor of God to smile upon you. I tell you a way to do that. Help somebody in the middle of their pain and their suffering and their hurting. Because I promise you, you're going to get God's attention. Because when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto him. Can somebody give God some praise? Amen. Amen. So, I very seldom ever ask this because we don't talk a whole lot about giving. I feel like that's one of the ways we worship. And if you're really coming here to worship God, you can't not give. But today I'm going to talk about it. We've got five ways to give. And I, as your pastor, am going to ask you to give the most generous offering you've given in a long, long time. That we can help hurting people. Are you into that? Because that could be us in terms of by what right and privilege were you born here in a nation that has so much? Like your parents put the order in and said, God, my child can only be born in America. No, I've thought of that many, many times as I've stood in countries across the world and looked at people who were much less fortunate and I thought about my grandkids and I thought God you've been good to me that I could raise my children and my grandchildren here in America we've all been blessed I think giving begins with that acknowledgement can you just lift a hand and say I've been blessed would you do that if you've been blessed wave it at the Lord say see me this is my way of offering I've been blessed And now, put something in your hand and give generously. The ushers have gone through the congregation. They're going. They'll be happy to give you an envelope. We've got five ways to give. Father, I thank you for the incredible ministry gift that has blessed us today. I thank you for the wonderful work for God that is being done in Zimbabwe and other parts of Africa that most of us will never be able to go to. Among people we will never meet, we will never know their names, never speak their language, never see them this side of glory. But someday they will come to the individual members of this church and say, because you gave, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. You helped meet a need in my life. You made that possible. And we sow today because we love you, Lord, and we love what matters to you. So we give our gifts, we sow them with reckless almost abandonment today we just we just so into what matters so much to you that you you gave your son what an offering and nothing we give today will ever be able to match that in its completeness and in its entirety and it's in its totality you gave and bankrupted heaven by giving your son we give today from that same place of generosity and love 
And we're so grateful that you love us so much. And everybody shouted and said in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers are going through the congregation. Let's give God some praise one more time. Amen. And um, and by the way, everything you give goes to Bishop Tudor. Everything we, Anytime we receive an offering for a guest, we give 100% of that to the ministry that you designate that it should go to. I want our prayer counselors to please come if they would right now. Prayer counselors, if you would come. Because some of you, your houses are not full right now. Or if they're full, they're full of the wrong thing. Struggle. Addiction. Depression. Your days are full, but not of the kind of good things that Bishop talked about. And you know what? If you're here today and you need the Lord, would you slip up a hand right where you're at and say, that's me, Pastor. And God bless you. Keep raising them. God bless you. Hands all over the building. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Risers. God bless you. I see you, sir, waving. God bless you. God bless you. You know what? If there's somebody that needs more fullness, I want you to come right now and I'm going to have Bishop close this service with a prayer. Come. And we'll have a prayer from from Bishop Tudor. Come right now. Don't hesitate. Come. Amen. And Bishop's going to release fullness in this house. He's already released the word. But when you pray over a word that has the anointing that he just released, there is something, I almost hesitate to use the word, magical. Because we're not talking about black magic. We're talking about the kind of magic that takes place when God steps into a room. Amen. When God speaks and makes things occur. Just keep coming in. Many are coming. You need fullness in your marriage. You need fullness in your marriage. Here's a word for somebody. Some of you are trying to make your companion complete in your life what only God can feel. And that's going to make you miserable in your home. Let God be who God needs to be in your life. Make Him the vital component. Some of you need fullness in terms of a job. In terms of significance, Bishop, where are you? Here you are. Would you please pray right now? Father, thank you for the fullness that fills all in every life, in any place where there is emptiness. Let the fullness of your glory fill every life, every family. Your, your presence fills the heavens. Your presence fills the earth the whole earth is full of your glory and so father for every earthen vessel here full with your glory full with your light full with your prosperity fill with your healing fill with wisdom fill with knowledge for every repentant soul for every woman every man that is repenting of their sins fill them with the fullness of your goodness wash them in your blood cleanse them by your blood nothing is impossible here this morning fill every physical house fill every physical house in the name of Jesus we declare fullness we declare fullness we declare fullness 
in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands high. Raise your hands high. Shout, Lord, I receive the fullness of all you have for me. The fullness of salvation. The fullness of healing. The fullness of forgiveness. The fullness of joy. The fullness of peace. The fullness of prosperity. I thank you for fullness in my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, 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 amen.